0: Beneath the clothes, we find a man. And beneath the man, we find his nucleus. Hello, everybody, and welcome to A hispanard. I apologize that I am a little under the weather, so I may not sound as crisp and clean as I sometimes do. On top of that, I've decided to bring the uh, whole shebang indoors, so I'm using an alternate microphone to do the podcast today. I just really... I love being around all my stuff in my little art studio, but I just, I like the comfort of my bed, <laughs> so so I've decided to, to bring the whole um, experience indoors, and um, yeah, there's a few things that I want to talk about um, that have been going on, from AI-created uh, art, to Patty Jenkins, to Spider-Man, Across the Spider-Verse, which just dropped today, to Elon Musk and, you know, whatever else happens to pop up in my head, uh, to the funny debates that I've been having on social media, particularly on Twitter. And actually, I want to talk about Twitter first, because I've noticed something ever since Elon took over, and I don't know if this is everybody's experience, I... Originally when I first got Twitter, I got it as a marketing tool for my artwork, but I was never really good at it. And uh, I didn't invest much time into it. And it was pretty clear to me at the at the at the onset of that experience that Twitter was very hateful and very divisive and it felt like or at least it not that it felt like but it but it ended up the way that I <clears throat> interpreted the program is the things that you didn't like were the things that got pushed up to the top, and you know it was uh it was made to to make you angry, and fast forward to you know I don't know how long Elon has had it now, I think maybe a month or something like that. I'd have to go take a look, but I swear that my Twitter uh my my Twitter timeline is popping up with a really good variety of people and subjects and um like you know people on 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 opposite ends of thinking in geekdom and in politics and just it's it's been pretty fascinating to watch I am so much more removed now as an individual than I was when I started, you know i I'd let things get to me uh so much so that I would be a lurker a lot of the time. I didn't really want to engage all that much, but it's been actually pretty fun engaging, and that doesn't mean that people don't still take things too far because they do for sure I mean it's happening today like you know the the spider man into the spider verse uh, drop people got really upset that Jessica Jones uh I believe that's the name of the character no is it no Jessica Jessica Drew that's what it is a spider woman that she's being portrayed in in the movie that's coming up as a uh, as a black woman and in particular she's pregnant at, at least that's the way uh it looks in the trailer i look when it comes to multiverse stuff I it's to me, it's fair game, whatever you want to have, whatever you want to do. Like, I don't see how there could be an argument against it. And, and the argument that have been been going back and forth online on Twitter is, uh, well, you wouldn't have a white storm or you wouldn't have a white black Panther or you wouldn't blah, blah. I'm like, why not? Why not? Why wouldn't you have that? Like if it's the multiverse and it's infinite possibilities, why not? And so, you know, the argument from one side is, well, you know why not, because it's Hollywood and because Hollywood has this agenda, blah, 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 blah. Sure. I, yeah, I, I don't live in, in la la land. Uh, I know that that's a reality, but I also know the other reality, the one that's hitting a lot of companies right now, straight in the face. And that is that you need to make money. And the best way to make money is to create something that is appealing to everybody and the best way to appeal to everybody is not to localize or specialize a character in such a way where it's only for this specific group, whatever group that might be. So when it comes to going back to the whole Jessica drew spider woman thing, and that she's being represented by a cartoon that is black. I don't care at all. That does not bother me. The other debate that has been going on online that has ta- been taking a lot of people's time is that Miles Morales is Miles Morales, that he's not Spider-Man. Well, sure, he's not Peter Parker, but that has nothing to do with him, whether he can take on the name Spider-Man. a uh, happens to be a guy, and he has spider-like abilities, so he can be a Spider-Man. He's not the original Peter Parker. You know, he's not the original Spider-Man, the one that was created by Stan Lee and uh, maybe Steve Ditko. I'm not really sure who the original creators uh, were, but I mean, that's okay. It's fine. Uh, I I don't have a problem with Miles Morales. I love the first Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. It was a fantastic story told from a particular point of view, and it was told extremely well. And it was family friendly and it was heartfelt and it was rough to watch in some parts, you know, because because you love Spider-Man and, you know, spoiler alert, you don't want to see him die. So there's a lot of really great messages in the first one. And I think if the team that created the first one sticks to the original recipe, it doesn't have to be the same story, but the recipe can be the same. With a with a whole brand new story, you know, and this looks like a. I know they're they're kind of throwing us off a little bit, but what they've shown so far in the second trailer is Miles is public enemy number one when it comes to all of the variations of Spider-Man across the multiverse, and everybody has it out for him, and uh, it looks like it's being led by Spider-Man 2099 which is uh being played by Oscar Isaac. And the whole thing looks I mean it looks cool, looks really fascinating. And the artwork again is phenomenal. It's just this really beautiful style that Sony developed and and uh, man what a what a breath of fresh air when it comes to uh art and animation. It's fantastic. So yeah, I I can't <laughs> I can't wait. I don't I don't care what uh I don't care what iterations I get. Spider-Man. I don't care if we get a Mexican one, a Filipino one, a you know, a Middle Eastern one. Like that's that's all great. <laughs> that's all gravy. Like uh, that's awesome. I I'm just excited to hopefully have a another heartfelt fantastic story delivered to us. Something that I can enjoy with my kids and something that I don't have to you know, explain like uh well that you know, these two characters are, you know, why are they doing this and why are they doing that? Or they mean this or they mean that. like, I, you know, let, let's just let's, let's keep it family friendly and let's tell a great story and let's utilize, you know, the entire spider verse universe. And that to me, that is great. So I'm super excited for that. And yeah, to me, Miles Morales is Spider-Man. He's just not Peter Parker. That's all. And it's, that's fine. You know, I think, uh, think there's enough Spider-man to go around you know as far as the the name and the powers um one thing I wanted to talk about as well was Patty Jenkins the director of Wonder Woman uh one and Wonder Woman two uh wow. she it had been reported uh and this has been going on a lot I mentioned it a little bit uh last week so i i don't want to bring it all up all over again but you know there's new sites that are not really new sites it's literally some dude in his mom's basement coming up with uh fake stories and trying to you know get everybody up into a frenzy about something so it had been reported that Patty Jenkins was immovable when it came to the third spider i mean third third wonder woman movie that she her plans were set and uh that because she was unwilling to play ball with uh, James Gunn and his writing partner, that uh, DC and in, in instead decided to scrap Wonder Woman 3. So she put out a statement, and she actually addressed two things at once. And one of them, the, the first one she addressed was that her, her her picture deal that she had with Lucasfilm for uh Rogue Squadron, uh, the movie, that the only reason that that was not moving forward at the moment was she was worried that it would the it would overlap with the work that was being done for wonder woman and she had her first commitment was to wonder woman so she bowed out and lucasfilm said we still want to work with you so as soon as you get done with you know wonder woman your wonder woman commitments come on back you have a home here and uh so she was explaining that that was the case, and it there was no ill will between her and Lucasfilm, and there was no ill will between her and what's happening at DC right now. It she was not unwilling at all to to play within whatever rules they they are setting up, but she explained that right now, as the DCU is going through all these major changes and they're wrapping up the four movies that are going to be coming out that, uh, the vision for all the legacy characters and, and the rest of the characters that are going to be introduced moving forward is going to look different. And that's completely fair. Like, uh, you know, James Gunn and his writing partner, they have to break eggs, you know, in order to make that omelet, that delicious, you know, omelet that encompasses, a little bit of peppers, a little bit of mushrooms, a little bit of cheese, a little bit of bacon, you know, just whatever your favorite ingredient is. And uh, so, yeah, that's what's happening with uh, Wonder Woman 3, Uh, according to Patty Jenkins. I I see no reason not to take her at her word, like at face value, because what else are you going to do? Like, either you accept her reasoning for it, or you continue to, you know, accept, news from some website that you've never heard of before that may not may or may not have any connections, you know, any insider connections, because who knows, you know, that kind of stuff will legitimately get you in trouble. And, uh, or, you know, you just, you hear it from the horse's mouth, as they say. And so in this case, I choose to go with Patty Jenkins and just trust that what she's saying is the way that it is. And again, I'm still super excited to see you know, the DC universe under James Gunn. There's been a lot of uptick in, in some weird trolling lately, you know, about that. Uh, Everybody's, there's been a resurgence of, you know, restore the Snyderverse and restore Snyder. And like, it's so funny that nobody has taken the time to ask Snyder himself where he's at with all this stuff. Like he's got projects that he's working on. Does he have time for the DCU? Like, would he be welcome back? I'm sure that he would. You know, I, I don't think James Gunn is stupid in any way. So I think any opportunity he would have to, um, <clears throat> you know, bring talent into his vision, he's going to take it. In fact, I would be shocked if we didn't end up seeing, uh, the Russo brothers and, uh, and, uh, oh my goodness, uh, happy, you know, from the Marvel movies, uh, uh, Jeez, I just I just blanked out but uh but but yeah I wouldn't be shocked if you'd if you ended up seeing some of the Marvel alum make their way over to the DC universe both actors and directors and writers I I don't think James Gunn is a fool and I think James Gunn uh has fostered enough goodwill over the last few years that uh that I think you're you'll see those relationships come forward and James Gunn has been very clear, like, the people that he does not like, he makes a note of. And, you know, they're off to the side. They are discontinued from his group of people they don't work with. But by all accounts, he has uh, changed a lot over the years, and he's become a much more collaborative and agreeable and more grounded person. And I'll say this... uh, always like I'm uh, I will not live in a fantasy I I would tell you that James Gunn at one point in time probably hung out with discussing people and and James Gunn himself said discussing things and he has apologized for it and the only way to make a make amends is through the way you live and through your work and it seems like those two things are more you know even keel and more relaxed, uh, out of all the crazy celebrity tweets that I see a lot of the time, James seems to be more reasonable in his approach or he just stays quiet about some things. And I personally think that's the the right way to go. So, <clears throat> so yeah, Patty Jenkins is not closing the book on wonder woman. She is, uh, I'm sure, uh, still willing to come back. And, you know, one of the things I was, uh, looking at and showing, uh, my old podcast partner, Kenji, the other day, we were looking at the difference between wonder woman, the first one and wonder woman, you know, uh, 1984. And the first one, you know, for the, was very well received. It was very beloved. Uh, the story, no story's perfect, but man, it was, it was a fun watch uh <clears throat> the uh the second one uh not as much but it did have its moments in my opinion it had some really beautiful cinematography and uh you know it's hard not to love gal gadot and so but but the story was written by a different team and i think that will always make a difference that if uh i think it's a mistake actually to have uh a studio bring in a team <clears throat> have them cook up something good, and then a couple years later, have that team have another team replace them, and they cook up a different recipe. I uh, I think uh the place that you saw that work so well was uh with McFeely and I can't I can't ever remember the other guy's name, but the duo that wrote a lot of the uh, Marvel stuff, you know, they they were able to thread. Uh, you know, the the overall story from one to the next and share notes and, you know, be in collaboration with the uh, writers and directors of of the rest of the MCU. And there's huge benefit in that. I think uh, bringing back the same writing team once it works once, I think is your best option. I think you're going to maintain consistency. I think the failings of, of Wonder Woman 2 they uh, had less to do with all the moving parts that were available and and more to do with the fact that somebody, the the people that came in, had a different vision and they didn't want to be as necessarily as hardcore. But, you know, in Wonder Woman 2, uh, Pedro Pascal's character and Cheetah, you know, uh, that character probably should have died. They probably should have been killed. They both got off much too easy and there were no long lasting effects to them. There were two. I mean, if you don't get rid of Cheetah, that's understandable. Uh, and and while while Pedro Pascal's character is kind of a big player in the comics, uh, you know, I mean, he could have been definitely uh, killed off and it would have been it, it would have served the story pretty well. But uh, bringing in Chris Pine again and although he's super charming and him and Gal Gadot are great together, uh, it didn't allow Wonder Woman to move forward in the story. And I think that's one of the biggest mistakes is, you know, you show this great love in the first one and you show the sacrifice and the, you know, the... Uh, how she learns to love not just humanity, but the specific band, uh, and then not have her move forward, you know, in the second movie and, and expand that, that love, that joy, the, the struggles, you know, to bring her back to the, to the original love I thought was a mistake. And I just want to apologize again. Sorry, buddy. I'm, I'm rather congested. So, you know, I'm going to come across, or I'm going to sound weird throughout this whole thing. But, uh, yeah, here's to hoping that Patty Jenkins makes her way back to the, the DCU. Here's to hoping that Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse delivers the same recipe with a whole new story. And, uh, you know, they're able to, to maintain the the spirit of the first one and the fun and the joy and the, the, just the awesomeness of the first one. Like give me more of the same. I'm okay with that. I'm a hundred percent. Okay. With that. I, I'm in for nostalgia all the way. If you give me a great story and nostalgia, you got me. You got me 100%. All right, so let's talk about AI, and I don't mean me. Those are my initials, Alex Iniguez. Let us talk about AI art, AI writing, AI music, AI, just AI. like. Holy smokes. It <laughs> look right off the bat, here's my perspective. As an artist, I'm I'm not biased on this and I'm not subjective. Uh, you know, I, I'm not uh object uh what am I trying to say here? I'm I'm not removed from this. I'm like this for me this this is an emotional thing. So that's partially where I'm coming from, but to me. AI is theft, at least in the way that it's being used now. And I've gotten back some feedback on the potential, what it could be. But all I'm seeing right now are people that can't draw, put out images. I mean, beautiful, gorgeous images that are mashups of other people's hard done work to create Uh, Something that is not original, but really truly is a mashup of other people's styles. I have a really, really tough time with that. I came across today my first set of images, AI images that were intriguing to me, where it wasn't something that I was familiar with. So, but I, I knew it's the same concept of grabbing different artists work and putting them together into, you know, putting the parameters in, I, I did find it intriguing for sure. And I find AI art intriguing 100%. It's, is fascinating to see the emergence of it. But what I have a tough time with is that the people that are creating these images, uh, are not taking the time to consider their decisions. They're not taking time to, uh, to consider, you know, to be cautious, uh, when it comes to these things. And I think that is a gigantic mistake because human nature, you know, one argument that is, uh, been raging now for the last few years is what is human nature? Are people... Intrinsically, inherently bad, or are they good? And so, I'm always shocked by Christians who say that people are they start off as good, like (laughs) you've never had children, then because you would never say that if you had kids. Like, kids are beautiful and wonderful, and they're warm and they're fuzzy, and they're, I mean. I would kill and I would die for my children without any hesitation. My children are amazing, beautiful, unique people that I enjoy talking to and getting their perspective, and uh, they're fascinating. But my children, my babies, they came out of the womb greedy and, you know, uh, mean and needy and whiny and, and you know it's it's uh it's part of our nature our nature is is we 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 have multiple parts to our nature we lean towards love and we lean lean towards gentleness but we also lean towards selfishness and we lean towards hatred and we lean towards greediness. And so there's, there's all these things that encompass a human being and we're born right out the bat with all that stuff. And it's okay. Like nobody, nobody has taught my two-year-old to run into my oldest girl's room, steal her lipstick, and then go hide somewhere and then apply it to her face and make herself look like a clown. Like, literally, nobody has taught her that she has to go hide to accomplish this task. (laughs) And, you know, uh, the implication is she knows if I don't go hide, this will get taken away from me. And if I don't go hide, I might get in trouble. (laughs) Which is also pretty funny because (laughs) I was talking about it with my wife today. I'm like, what's happened to us as parents? Like we become so lenient where if my kid comes out looking like a clown after she's hidden away for a couple of minutes, I'm like, Oh, that's cute. (laughs) You know, when the first four original ones, I'd be like, what'd you do? (laughs) You know, you mellow out as you get older and you get better perspective and it's not fair to the first four at all. You know, there's no equality in this world, and there's no fairness in this world, for sure. So, <laughs> so I publicly, right now, apologize to my first four oldest. You guys had a rough time with a broken, messed up dad who is learning how to be a dad. And you know, there's still no perfection here. <laughs> still, there's still a lot of work to be done. But, uh, you know, getting back to human nature, <laughs> when you give. Uh, <laughs> if you give a monkey a hammer, you know, if you, if you go to the, through, through the progression, if there's something that a monkey wants and, uh, and you give him a, a small stone and he tries to get at it. And it doesn't work very successfully. And then you show him how to use a a hammer and that's more successful. And then you bring like some kind of explosive device or a gun or something. And then he gets that, you know, the monkey's never going to go back to the original rock uh, when he can use the, you know, the best option, (laughs) which might be the explosive device or slash gun uh, to get, you know, what he needs. Uh, whatever. In this case, it's a food analogy. Monkey's trying to get something open, but um, that's what AI art is like for people that don't do art. You know, for all those people who admire and love artists of every, you know, whether it's music artists or you know traditional hand-drawn art or whatever. uh, If you give them the chance and opportunity to create something, you know, from other people's work and, uh, they're going to do it. You know, the, my biggest concern is that that is going to turn into an economy and that people, that people, because of their nature, uh, will be able to justify the reasons as to why it's okay to take somebody else's artwork and sell it as their own. And I've already seen it. I saw it years before, uh, before AI art ever came into existence, I apologize if you've heard the story before, but I think it bears repeating. Uh, this was years before I I was you know a participant in various artist alleys at different conventions. I went as a as a uh, as a fan, and uh, I remember one year walking through Wonder uh, walking through WonderCon. And I see this huge space and the guy's got like banners that are up higher than I normally would be allowed. And on each wall banner, there is just a ton of posters and there's posters all over his table and you know, he's selling this stuff. And as, as I walk closer and I'm looking at it, I'm thinking to myself, what in the, you know, bleep. Uh, because I'm looking at Jim Lee's art, Alan Davis's art, John Biskima's art, Mike Magnola's art, Kevin Nolan's art, uh, Adam Hughes art. I'm looking at all these peoples whose work I love and admire in the comic book community. And the artwork is slightly off and it's ugly. There's some kind of filter Photoshop overlay over every single thing. So I, I walk up and I'm, I'm still like, I'm in shock. I'm like, what am I, what am I looking at? And you know, the, the guy, the, the quote unquote artist seller greets me immediately. And he's like, Hey, how's it going? You know, if you see anything you like, let me know. And I say, well, actually I I see a lot of things that I like, uh, but I, I'm confused. And he's like, what are you confused about? They said, well, I'm confused as to how you can sell all this stuff. And he goes, What do you mean? I'm like, well, this artwork isn't yours. And he gets super defensive immediately. He goes, Yes, it is. I'm like, well, no, it's not. That's that's Jim Lee right there. That's you know, that's Alan Davis. This is Brian Hitch. Like, I I don't get it. Like, how are you how are you able to get away with this? And he's like, I'm not getting away with anything. This is my art. Like, you know, I I modified it you know, obviously, but I've put my own spin on things and I'm like, well, your, your own spin on it is still theft, you know? And I, like the guy just, he didn't know what to say. I was done with him at that point. So I walked over to the, the, you know, I looked for the main office at WonderCon, and I walked in and said, Hey, just so you know, there's this guy over on the floor and he's selling other people's work. And I described everything to their credit. The guy was gone. I mean, within 30, 40 minutes, they had broken everything down. They I probably refunded him and kicked him out of the convention. I didn't see the guy again for three years and then he did it again. And so I was like, I can't believe that you're trying to pull this off again. And I went and reported him again and the same thing happened. <clears throat> That's what uh, AI art is going to go towards that's what music is going to go towards, you know, some 15, 16 year old kid that wants to make a funny rap with uh, Drake, which I saw that already happened. It got sent to me by my buddy, Justin, but I can totally, you know, this was an older gentleman who, who did it as a, as a goof, but I can totally see some 15, 16 year old kid making a quote unquote original song using Drake's vocals inputting the, the, uh, whatever the, the concept is for the song and then selling it for 99 cents, you know, and it's complete. And uh, obviously I don't think that the, uh, the music, uh, community is going to go for it, but, uh, I will tell you that the artist community does not have the same kind of, defense that the music community has now that kid might still be able to get away with it because technically it'll be considered parody music at that point. You know, I mean, it, you're going to make an entire army of weird, Al Yankovics without the talent. You know, one of the beautiful things about weird Al is that guy's playing the music. He's writing all that stuff. He's vocalizing all of it. Like that's the magic and the beauty of, you know, a weird owl. there is no magic or beauty to what's possible with AI. Um, I saw a guy on Twitter who experimented with grabbing a bunch of different images that are, uh, I guess what you would call a children's book images, creating something out of all of that and then creating a, a, a children's book and proudly displaying it. And to me again, that's theft. You're taking other people's images, you're combining them together. He, in fact, he went a step further, and he wrote out the initial concept input, and then a computer program, an AI program, wrote the story for him, and another AI program put all the uh, all that together, and then you know, boom, he's got a book that he can sell. It's just uh, that now that is online in the real world i uh, you know i don't know how the real world is going to be affected uh i don't know what the long term consequences are right now of that i think you know if you're if you're an artist fan and you go to an artist alley and you commission someone for a drawing uh, you know you, you can't get that experience from ai Um, but I, I would hate for anybody to tell me to relax or to, you know, don't take it seriously because it's never going to affect you. I, I don't think it's me that would be affected. I think it's future generations that would be affected. And I think this is exactly the thing that people are, this is exactly some of the things that are, that people are ignoring across uh, society right now with a multitude of things. You know, we, we, as humans tend to think in the short term, not everybody, obviously, but many of us like day to day in and out you think of the now and in the, what you need at this moment, what your family needs at this moment, it's hard to have this long term view of something, but that's exactly what things like this affect where are we in 10 years? If the argument becomes a valid thing, you know, the society accepts it and says, hey, AI art is just as, as real and just as, uh, has just as much value as traditional hand art or this comedic, you know, music or, or hey, like, m- you know, take your favorite artists. They've, they've never sung about the thing that I've always wanted them to sing about. Or uh, you know, they've they've never addressed this particular thing. Or I mean, can you imagine like <laughs> you you take Eminem at his vocals and you know you decide to do an all-gospel song, like all all Christian music and have him rap over it. Like I I could see people thinking that they're that they could potentially do a lot of good you know, depending on how it's, uh, h- how this thing is aligned or positioned, but I'll argue that it doesn't matter. It, it does. It really doesn't matter. Like, if if you end up monetizing this thing, and you, oh, man, and it's so tough. You know, I I'm of two minds for sure. Even as I think about it now, like I. I've had this conversation/argument slash argument with a really good friend of mine in the past uh about intellectual property and I I tend to lean more on his position that that it intellectual property is not reality it's not real it's just you know it's it's a how do I put it it's a, I mean everything's made up in a sense but <clears throat> But uh, I don't know. I, I I guess I have a tough time because I believe that society should have parameters, and I believe those parameters should exist for everything across the board, not in a, you know, stop your freedom sort of way, but in, in thinking about wisdom and considering long term ramifications of our actions, I think, you know, that's. That's, that's kind of where I tend to fall. Like on the one hand, I, it's fascinating, but on the other hand, it, I, like I said, it's, it's personal for me and, uh, and not because it would take the opportunity away from me to do what I do. Like, I, I, I don't think that could ever happen. Um, you know, I'll keep, I'll keep doing what I do and keep plugging along and enjoy, you know, working on, I'm what I'm passionate about. But again, what, what's this look like 10, 20 years from now? Like, do we allow society to continue to move forward with, and, and now that, you know, these generations to say, well, it's inevitable because is it like, is it inevitable? If we don't stop ourselves from some things, then yeah, everything's inevitable, right? inevitably you'll marry a family member. Inevitably you'll, you know, you'll eat your children. Inevitably you'll think it's fine to, you know, walk into your neighbor's house and take whatever you want and kill them. Like, like everything is possible in the extreme. And if we're, as a society, we say, well, we need certain parameters to live by, then why wouldn't that apply to everything? Like, why should we pick and choose don't steal, don't kill, you know, don't covet, don't, uh, you know, don't do these, these specific things, but then everything else is up for grabs. I don't think life should work that way, you know, and, and I'm very libertarian about a lot of things. This is somebody who's telling you that, you know, to me, the, uh, the quote unquote, the the drug war has been a complete disaster. Like I think you should be able to get heroin at thrifties or Walgreens. I think you should be able to get cocaine at those places. I think you should be able to, you know, smoke weed and like, I think you should be able to do all that stuff, but I think there should be ladders, you know, in age of when those things become available and appropriate to you. And obviously there should still be consequences when you don't manage those things you're unable to so in that regard why shouldn't that apply to creative things you know <clears throat> my um uh, my buddy you know i think he struggles with it too but i think he tends to side more on the you know everything should be allowed and there should be no intellectual property i i just uh, if if there's parameters for everything in society, there should be, I think, parameters for that too. If you, if you got there first with whatever it is, I think you should be able to enjoy the spoils of that for a little bit before, I mean, inevitably everything opens up to everything, right? Like I'm, I'm less concerned with competition and I'm more concerned with gatekeepers. I'm more concerned with people that, that, Go out of their way and work very hard to push everybody out of uh whatever the thing is uh because then it it stalls ingenuity, so in that regard like i I do see his perspective if you build a car, you should not keep other people from being able to dismantle that thing, study it, and make something better like that should be completely allowed um uh, I just don't know if. If it should be allowed in the first five years, I don't know if it should be allowed immediately. Like I, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like it's something that we would need to talk about as a society and come to some, you know, to some societal handshake that says for X amount of time, this is how we will deal with this, while other things stay completely off the table, like eating babies or killing your neighbor or, you know, stealing or whatever, like, you, you know, there's just, uh, there should be, uh, you know, there there's different tiers, different societal handshakes for a variety of things to, to I think, to try to make something as big as cities run properly. Um, everybody needs to agree together, you know, as a collective to say, we're going to be cool with each other. And we're, we're like, that's where the whole term of civility comes from. Right. And um, so I believe in civility and I think civility applies to intellectual, you know, quote unquote, intellectual property or, you know, things that you come up with. Um, I think, again, the problem that I would have is, you know, you came, you got there first and you built the first computer. That's awesome. But at some point, other people need to be able to come in and, innovate off of that and make it better and you know competition in that regard is is fantastic and it's needed for society to move forward but i think sometimes because society is so disconnected that you have this group of people working on this over here and this group of people working on that over there and this group of people working on on this over here and they don't communicate with each other You know, we would never want a situation like China where everything is under the umbrella of the government and everybody who's working on everything is collaborating, but they're not collaborating to the best of their creative ability. They're they're collaborating with the end goal of whatever the government is. So I'm not saying the government should force this startup group to talk to this startup group, but it sure would be cool if there was some kind of... I mean, I think that's what, like, open source is. Like, open source online for a variety of things is people that are collaborating, collaborating with one another and trying to see what they can add to it. I think there's a lot of value in that as well. Now, should you be allowed to be in your garage and, you know, keep your, whatever you're working on tucked away, keep it secret? Yeah, 100%. Uh, I think the whole, the beauty of, you know, the internet is that, you have a lot of options now. You can now reach out anonymously to people and say, you know, hey, I've got this going on, or I've got a hypothetical problem here. You know, what do you think about this? And people could, could, you know, help solve whatever the thing is that you're struggling with. So I'm of a lot of minds. I know I've talked about a lot of different things here when it comes to that, but I still, uh, for now, I just do fall really hard on the idea that ai art is theft ai music is theft ai writing is theft and i think humans are hurting themselves you know by offloading these responsibilities these these perishable uh uh you, you know these perishable skills uh these these gifts that they develop like I don't think humanity's is better off for it if they hand it off to an AI. So it could be that society ends up developing more specialists in the future. You know, people that still know how to craft, hand make a guitar, still know how to uh, pose a song, still know how to hand draw. But I, I don't think that's great for humanity. I think the the path that we've been on you know from in my mind'll I, I'll, I, I will liken it to this period of time from the moment that Martin Luther made the Bible accessible to everybody and and felt that you know it should be translated in a way where the, the layman or the common man could read for themselves what might necessarily be denied to them from the pulpit has been one of the greatest things that you know the greatest gift that humanity has ever gotten because it it started you know the process of critical thinking and questioning like uh, what otherwise would be considered uh eh, what's the word here authoritative you know we need that and i think along with that i i think the arts play a big part in that i think uh being challenged plays a big part in that, uh, you know. Competing philosophies, competition in general. I think that's great. So I, I don't know. Will AI art and AI music and AI writing? Will these things become a catalyst to competition, or will they make everybody? Will it become the fast food of creativity, and make everybody fat and lazy and unhealthy? Uh, you know, I was going to say, we've we've already, we, we have these phones in our pockets and we've offloaded things that we used to rely on. Our knowledge of, you know, multiple phone numbers, like being able to hold multiple phone numbers are our Thomas guides and being able to figure out how to read a map and how to get to where you're going. Like, you know, Apple and Google Maps are great and having all that stored in your phone, all those phone numbers is great. But uh we are offloading important tasks uh where if the sun ends up knocking out all of our electronics tomorrow, we we're gonna have a rough time as a society. You know. Most people don't I mean what, ninety-nine percent maybe of at least Americans don't know how to hunt. They don't know how to Gather they don't you know they don't know basics built basic building you know skills and it's it's wild to think about in those terms, so am I being an alarmist I don't know I don't know, but I did want to put it out there as something to think about something to consider I think uh the individual is more significant than. Then the group, in the sense of like the changes that you make can have significant consequences ramifications to you know the five people around you and then those five people like a butterfly effect type thing. Uh, we've seen that historically over and over again. So you know, I think if people start thinking about these things and and applying them to their surroundings and situations and figure out how to move forward with this stuff, uh, it might make a big difference. Like for my part, I'm just, uh, you know, I I talked to another friend and I said, you know, I'm going to keep myself from walking over to these tools, these AI art tools and experimenting because I know myself and I can see how easy it is to how, how alluring it is to, uh, switch over, you know, and you might say, well, then you're not passionate about what you do. You know, if it's that easy, I, I don't think it works that way. I think, uh, you just have levels and degrees. And I think if you're dissatisfied with your work a lot of the time, but then you come across this thing that offloads, you know, your abilities, you know, to this other thing, and you come out with better results Like, uh, that's, that's pretty dangerous in my opinion, right? That's what, that's what drugs do a lot of time for people. Like they, they offload their situation and their problems and they hand them off to these other things because they don't, they have a tough time dealing with their reality. And, uh, I, I'd rather maintain the struggle. You know, I, I'd rather, I'd rather stay where I'm at and, and continue to grow and learn and just stay away from, you know, the whole AI thing. Uh, I'm sorry if any of you out there feel judged by this. I'm not trying to judge you. I just, uh, you know, that's where I stand on this particular thing. Right or wrong, uh, you know, that's, those are my thoughts. So <clears throat> with that, uh, I will leave you guys. I just want to say thank you again for listening, for always coming back, uh, for sharing this for, you know, for any comments. Like, uh, I really do appreciate you guys. I'll be coming with my, uh, top 10, uh, loved and top 10 disliked, uh, you know, shows and TV of the year or a, a, and movies of the year, uh, probably on the next one. And, uh, so yeah, till then take your vitamins, drink your water, eat your vegetables. I know I need to, and I love you guys. Peace out.